thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Ray Jeezy, and Will T, now part of Empire Media. I'll make sure I said that correct. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> I'm good. I'm in good. I'm, I'm, I'm in good spirits, man. I, I'm upset. I wasted four hours of my life last. We're gonna talk about that. We talking about. about, about that. All right, we about to go. We about to go on in Will T's. We talked about this before break. You know what I'm saying? So we about to go on about the Justice League. That thing was lit, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. First of all, Ray, did you get a chance to watch it? The the um, no, because uh, as soon as I heard the. As soon as I heard the length, I said, no, Bruh, thank you. why are we talking? Dog, <laughs> why are we doing that, man? Like, if a movie's good, sometimes the length of it can just kind of go by fast. It's not, man, don't let these people get you, Ray, man. Don't let them get you, bro. Well, Four hours? Ray, did you watch, yeah. Ray, did you watch the first one? Did you watch the first one? No. So that's, that's okay. part of the issue, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a big part of the issue. Darn it. No, it's not a big part of the issue. Well, he I may mean, like it, it then, for real. They, he may yeah, like it. Yeah, I, I mean, he may. He may. I, I mean, me personally, only thing I could do is I can objectively evaluate the first one versus the second one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Neither one of them were great to me. Okay. Um, But the second one, at four, at clocking in at four hours, come on. Zack Snyder, come on, man. What were you doing? All, I, Where did all that hundred million... Uh, have a have a more that it took for you to reshoot the movie to add those extra scenes so we can completely understand your vision for the Justice League. Yeah, come on, bro, you pocketed some of that money. Man, I will say that pocketed it made it. it made so much sense. I appreciate the extra clip, the extra parts of the movie. To be honest with you, I loved it. Um, I it made if to me if you weren't a DC comic dude or in the Justice League, it broke it down even more because the first one. It it was it was missing pieces, bro. They didn't even talk about Dark Side. Like at least this, they like they showed you all about Dark Side. Dark Side is like the Thanos of Marvel. So they broke it down to a point where it wasn't he wasn't just mentioned how it plays a part. Or they even played into <clears throat> some of Batman's visions that he had in I think Batman versus Superman, where they ignored that totally in the Justice League, the first the first version of it. I, I appreciate it, man. I, I I did. I thought it was well done. Well done, Zack Snyder. Um, no, so I mean, am I allowed to give my criticism? Of course, bro. Why wouldn't you? So, Cyborg, look, I I, I don't get why you went all totally CGI uh-huh. with Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Like you have, like this is HBO Max. This is Warner Brothers. I know you have access to some of the greatest costume designers around in Hollywood. Why wouldn't you go with hat with what the majority of it an actual costume and then input CGI in certain areas? Right? That's that's the num that's the first knock. Okay. The second knock is the CGI throughout the whole film. Like it it looks like you could tell this the whole you know how certain you know how certain movies are shot on a there's a green screen. Yeah. Behind, uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. And you can appreciate that because this is a, it's a fiction, you know, it's, it's a superhero movie, it's fiction. <clears throat> but at least try to shoot some actual footage of, you know, of regular, some cinematography of regular places and incorporate that with some CGI. Yeah. Don't give me just all CGI. Mm-hmm. That's just, I, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of that. Um, and three, the Flash. Come on, I don't even want to talk. Flash about was dope. You know what? We're gonna talk about this later, man. We 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 gotta talk about a whole rack of stuff on sports, but nah, the Flash was dope, just, bro. I mean, it's just the Flash. Nah, you ain't. What well, you had an issue with the Flash? I understand the role he plays as kind of some type. He's Flashpoint, bro. You comedic. get. You know what he had to do, right? It's like he, yeah, so basically just, what I'm he not, did was he set it up for what, like the reason to, I'm not ruining it for anybody, but the the ending is based on what he did. Yes, I understand All that. Right. I respect that, but I just, like, the, I think they could have casted someone else for the flash. Oh, you don't like his, oh, you don't like him personally. 
playing the Flash. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't. No, I don't have anything against him personally. Okay. I just don't him in the in the character of Flash. Okay. Just not, you know. I I think that you know I I, I can't name any off the top of my head, but I mean the kid who played the Flash. Now how I remember good. the Flash. Huh? The kid who plays the Flash now, it's good. the kid that plays the Flash, the, the show is good. But yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Did you talk yeah, about I the mean, old school I, Flash? I, 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 yes. Okay. There's a certain level of nostalgia that's attached to this for certain people's childhood, right? Yeah. Just, I just wasn't feel. I'm just not. I wasn't feeling him as the Flash. No, I get you, bro. but there, there were some. I, I love the the last dream sequence. Okay. Yeah. It was dope, um, right? It, it was okay. It was okay. Um, one of the characters who they uh, added, who they tried to add in, um, I think, you know, he kind of stuck out like, like a sore thumb because, like, mm-hmm. where the hell has he come from? Where the hell is, you know. But I get it. I get it. I, I, enough of that. Now, we, let's get started with our show. No, but we're going to talk about it more, though. Uh, Will between between the two of us, though. Um, Empire Empire Media has host uh, hosts mul- uh, multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Com Report, sh- uh, hosted by ESPN Washington, Washington Football Insider John Com, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. Uh, so you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington football team's free agent signings at 840. We'll talk about the NCAA tournament, including the Hoyas and Terps being eliminated. Finally, we'll talk about the two-fight deal to unify the heavyweight titles between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Uh, But first, last week, the Washington football team signed quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one-year, $10 million deal. What are your thoughts on the deal? For uh, me, it came about... <laughs> I, I was just joking. I was going to say 40 minutes talking about the Washington football team. All right, man, let's get to it's, it. We missed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Real T, come on, dude. You missed the cues this show. We were, we was there with it. You <laughs> You dropped the job. No, you dropped the joke. I know. The- I, I, I know. I, I tried to freestyle just a little bit. But go ahead. <laughs> nah, it's all right. It's cool. But as I was saying, for me, it came down to Washington football team having three choices. Draft the QB, sign Mr. Trubisky, or sign Fitz. <laughs> and the best option and effort to build for the future was, in my opinion, just to draft the quarterback to sit behind two guys who are already familiar with the offense, of course, with Kyle Allen obviously having the most experience. I just want to acknowledge, Will, you did say going back to a few shows that Kyle Allen was probably still going to be in play because he had the most experience in the offense. And I'm like, man, Kyle Allen's done. Won't let you agree with me. So I got to admit that I was wrong just in case (laughs) somebody like my man George Templeton reminds me I was wrong. Uh, (laughs) But it's it's no knock on fit. No knock on fit, though, honestly. It's just, well, we've had these discussions off air, and the success of the offense will hinge on who? Scott Turner, yeah. will he effectively utilize his weapons? That's the question I have. Uh, that's something we still don't know. I mean, you know, coming into the second season as the offense coordinator, look, this team is definitely um, – they added another piece, two two pieces to the offensive side of the football with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who most of us would assume, you know, based off of this one-year $10 million deal, uh, probably has the slight – or has some advantage going into OTAs to become the next starting quarterback of the Washington football team. And they also added Curtis Samuel, um, a nice multi-positional piece that um, element to the offense. You know, you have Antonio Gibson and you have um, Curtis Samuel on the field. You know, maybe you line, you know, maybe you go, uh, maybe you line both of them in the backfield. You know, that creates some confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for defenses and possibly move one out, move one out to the slot or move one out to the outside, you know, uh, depending on how Scott Turner and, and Ron Rivera want to play it, you know, this could be, it could be interesting with the matchups they create. Yeah. The uh, Washington football team signed a uh, wide receiver, uh, Curtis Samuel to a three, a $34.5 million contract. So we'll talk about that some more. You mentioned Curtis Samuel and Scott Scott Turner coming to this offense. You know, Scott Turner is, a, is familiar with Curtis uh, Samuel. How does that – how will having a guy like that benefit to you, uh, Fitzpatrick? Uh, another chess piece on the chessboard that you can easily move around and maneuver. Um, what's interesting to me is – Okay, my bad. Um, no, no, no bad. What are you talking about? Keep, what are you talking about? Bro, what are yeah, you talking about? What's interesting to me is, um, you know, Curtis Samuel, for the first couple of years of his career, hadn't really stood out as, you know, as a, as a wide, you know, as a wide receiver. Now his speed and his ability to, catch, you know, take, catch, take passes underneath and, um, get yardage up the field was something that was notable, but just him as a receiving threat really wasn't there. Um, this year is actually the year where I think he really, you know, took his game up another notch, and that's because he was probably the third, or well, in, in some situations, the fourth receiving option for this team. You know, that uh, for the Carolina Panthers, that is, they had Robbie Anderson, then you had DJ Moore. Um, you know. Christian McCaffrey got injured, but then we still had Mike Davis and then, you know, uh, Curtis Samuel. But they used Curtis Samuel all over the uh, field to create matchup problems and also as an indicator on type to identify sometimes what type of coverage that Carolina used. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Scott Turner is able to use him in a similar thing. Like to Ray's point, I think that's the major question, man. It's just that, you know, you have now you have a quarterback of Fitzpatrick. You got weapons out. You got, you know, you got speed. You have, you added more speed with Curtis Samuels, but it's it's Curtis Samuel. uh, But in terms of how they're going to take advantage of it, you know, we can, we can say that arguably, you know, Fitzpatrick is an upgrade from what they had last season, but you just don't know what, it, with this offense is capable with Scott Turner because to me he's done he has done some suspect things with this team last season. Now, granted, he didn't have a quarterback with the with the most mobility, and we can use that for whatever you want to use it for. But you know, you got a back in Antonio Gibson who in college played a bunch played a lot of wide receiver, and you rarely saw him line up, you know, outside or in the slot where a position where you know he's probably comfortable, and that's a dude who who's who when healthy had speed, you know, and you didn't see that. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to be utilized. You know, Curtis Samuels, Curtis Samuels will be utilized with Fitzpatrick in this offense. Um, it's, it's, it really is. Cause to Ray's point, we talk about this all the time on Twitter. Like, all right, yo, mm-hmm. what's Scott Turner going to do? Well, see, here's what so, I'm torn. Look, honestly, I'm torn because I, I told you, I probably would have leaned toward drafting a QB, but, with a guy like Curtis Samuel's big playability, it seems as though you have to play Fitz because of his skill set and his propensity to take risks down the field. Overall, I mean, it's a good look. But I'm hoping that it will further aid the growth of your running game. You averaged just over four yards a carry last year. You can now improve upon that with a big play weapon like Curtis Samuel and a guy in Fitz that can get the ball down the field. So it's a tough call. Scott Turner, like you said, you on deck, brother. Jury is out. Let me ask. Let me ask you guys this: Where do you see Curtis Samuel lining up at? Do you see him playing on the outside, or do you see him playing in the flat? Where do you see him predominantly lining up at? Oh, that's a good question. I think to me, he's, he's a slot receiver. Um, I said I've seen a lot of Curtis Samuel. Uh, one, I saw him a lot in Ohio State, and he was more of a gadget, a gadget play. He played a lot of running back too, um, and wide receiver, but a lot of uh, running back and slot. Um, and then in, with Carolina. You know, it took him a while to get his feet wet to kind of get a rhythm. Uh, but he was more of an explosive dude that you can utilize every which way. And you, we saw that a little bit against the Washington football team last season where he had a couple of explosive plays against this ball club. Uh, I think he's a slot dude. Uh, I still think this team with Curtis Samuel, they're not done yet. Uh, either they have to be happy with a guy they have in-house to play outside or they got to get a guy 
in free agency to put it, you know, to put in the outside because I don't, as fast as he is, it's not like he is um, Cheetah, uh, Ty, uh, Tyreek Hill up in Kansas City. That's like, you know, he can play everywhere because he's just so fast. Samuel is fast, but he's not like he's not that guy, that kind of fast. So he's not he's a guy to me. I think you can really utilize more on this in the, as a slot dude, run some choice routes, at, you know, get him in matchups where he's going against the linebacker or, you know, he can, or he can get the safety one on one. Uh, because he has that type of elite speed. He does have elite speed. But going outside, I would prefer them to have a dude that, you know, is more big, who can run better routes on the outside to make life easier for Fitzpatrick if he's the quarterback. All right. Just, let, just to remind everyone, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, now part of Empire um, Media. Per- you got you right media empire media it's new bro it's new bro empire media yeah it's new yeah it's still new it's still still new (laughs) i'm not used to it yet all right (laughs) let me ask you let me ask you guys this coach rivera's preach competition do you guys think Fitzpatrick is guaranteed if the guarantee started going in week one Thus far, I want to say that the one area where Coach Rivera has shown, and let me emphasize, shown, and not said, <laughs> but shown, and that's, he's shown a true desire to create a winning culture. Although, of course, he sent mixed messages earlier last season, he still wrote it out with Dwayne longer than most thought he should have. Mm. So I say that to say this. I'm going to take him at his word when he says it's an open competition. Knowing that Fitz has been largely a career backup. So in the event that he were to lose the competition, I don't think it hurts him that much, being that he's used to fighting for a job. He's used mm-hmm. to coming off the bench. He's used to, you know, having to stay ready in case the guy in front of him goes down. But again, going back to what I said earlier, if you're going to utilize your new weapons, he's probably the best option. So it's going to be interesting. So I do think it's an open competition. And it's, it's crazy because, again, you have two guys ahead of Fitz in my opinion, right now, that already have a grasp on the offense. Kyle Allen, to me, should be the one that right now goes in to the the start of of training camp with the advantage, being that he's been more experienced with the coach and the coaching staff. Oh, man. Yeah, I I wouldn't go Kyle Allen. I just don't think he's that good. Um, To me, it's funny how folks talk about Kyle Allen. Um, He had like a couple games here, two games, three games, if that. Um, and then, you know, you look at his track record uh, with Carolina, he started off right. But once the league got used to him and, you know, understand, and we talk about this with even Heineke, right, right? Um, but when the league got used to him, then, you know, he was uh, he was horrible. <laughs> he was horrible. Like, it, well, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. He was horrible. And even he even made the Washington football team defense look good when they played him. And that at that particular point in time, <laughs> they were horrible. And they made – that actually impressed, it, impressed Ron Rivera because of how they played against him. So I can't, to me, if you're looking at a, a quarterback competition of, of who's the best going into camp, yeah, I'm Fitzpatrick gets the nod because he's just a better quarterback. I don't care if, if, if Allen has been the offense the most, but he's just a better quarterback between all three of them. Mm. It's, it's, just, it's just up to him to lose the job. Like, that's just how it is. It's just up to – you are going. You can go into a situation where, say, your, your quarterback situation is, you, you know, you can have – Cam Newton, uh, Cam Newton can be a court. It, it goes into a situation in New England. New England, Stedman has been in the system or whatnot. Cam Newton's a better quarterback, so he's going to have the job off the bat. It's up to Cam Newton to lose the job. Same situation here. It's up to Fitzpatrick to lose the job. But I can't give it to Kyle, um, Kyle Allen for what he's done just because he's been in the system. Because at the end of the day, if you look at his body of work in the in the National Football League, it doesn't warrant to say, hey, this is your job. We, 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 we're trusting you. So who's your second string? If, if Fitz is the starter, who's your second string? Uh, off the bat in camp? You should be off the bat without working for it, right, Ray? Well, not necessarily. I'm just saying right now, if, if what you're saying is based on what we've seen yeah. and based on what you just said. In all, in all fairness. Okay. In all nah, fairness. I don't see, think we've seen enough stop. of Heineken I got to stop. In all fairness. <laughs> I, I got to Get a wheel. Go ahead. Get a wheel. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, Ray, you, you took the words right out of my, my mouth, Ray. We haven't seen enough of Taylor Heineke to know if he is capable of being a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. All we have seen him 
play in one NFL game is that playoff game against Tampa Bay. A game and a half. Um, Go ahead, don't continue. <laughs> a game, okay, a game and a half. Excuse me. And let's let's not act like he lit the world on fire during that game and a half. During his game and a half, right? Uh-huh. Um, Cal Allen is familiar with the offense. Cal Allen knows the protection. Cal Allen is used to. I'm pretty sure he has. Uh, he's comfortable. He's more comfortable with the receiving options. Not so fast. I would go with Kyle Allen as the backup. And plus, if we're just looking at pure talent, mm-hmm. Kyle Allen is, from a talent perspective, is better than Tyler. See, I don't see. I, I, I'll say this much: in the one game that he he showed, he outplayed any of Taylor Heineke's game season in that one game. Because he played against a better defense. It just it is what it is. He outplayed. If you look at Kyle Allen's games, the Cowboys game is probably the best game he played. And it's against the Dallas Cowboys defense. If you really, if we're going to be going from game for get, like that game compared to anything Kyle Allen did that se- last year, Heineke had a better had a better game. And they, and that's a playoff game. That's a more high pressure game too. So I, just, I mean I just feel like I mean we, that's how I mean that's just so mm-hmm. uh, my my bad for setting you off. Go ahead. No no no. Go ahead. No, so I was going to say that's how we see it as novice fans. Right. Yeah, I agree. Now there's a difference between how we see it and how the coaches pass these. I was right? going to, I was going to that certain point. Progression, yeah. certain read. Yeah, there's certain progressions. There's certain reads. There's certain things he had to know pre-snap. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if Kyle Allen was uh, better equipped to execute and see things pre-snap and make the progressions um, as the offense is designed compared to Taylor Heineke. Yeah, that's and, something we don't know. That too, and to your point, that and that's that thing. Actually, that was a very good point you just made. But it's a, but but the players will let you know. That's one thing I'm a big fan of. Players will let you know, and the way they reacted to do compared to to compared to, compared to Allen, it lets you know like do they trust you or not. And those players trusted him. So I'm just saying like you're right. We don't. I've always said that like players, coaches, they'll let you know who's the better player, better option, and you can tell the way that Scary Terry talked about him right after the game, and he barely talks. I mean, Chase Young hypes everything up, but Chase Young was really into Heineke. You know what I mean? So players let you know, man. That's all I'm saying. Players will let you know, but their competition to me is between those two. They need a, a real succinct, real competition. Listen, guys. If I would have told both of y'all, and we'll definitely, I want you to jump in first. Love you, Ole, but you're a Washington fan. If I would have told you two years ago or a year ago, before last season started, before COVID, all of these factors that now come into play, your three quarterbacks in your roster would be Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, you would have been like, who? Mm -hmm. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, you'd probably be like, nah, come on, man. Like, we need better than that. (laughs) So what does that that say to you guys as analysts, as fans? What does that say about the, the confidence and Ron Rivera and the defense and where this team is headed, that we're okay with these three dudes. If these three guys were, to, were, to, were on a team I'm room for, I might not be that happy, but everybody seems elated. It's amazing how the, the, the conversation has shifted, even though the names aren't really the most high-profile guys. Mm. You know why everyone's elated? Because it's the off-season... Yeah. <laughs> Washington fans are always elated during the offseason. Oh, that's everybody, bro. That's yeah. everybody. Giants like everybody like that. Most, most, <laughs> most, most, okay. Most of the time, Washington fan, Washington football team fans are elated. They're hopeful. Mm-hmm. They're, they're wishful. They think, okay, we can, we can do it this year. This year, we can do it. We can do it. This could be our year. And why wouldn't you think that because of your defense? Why wouldn't you think that? Because it seems as if you have a future star on your hands as a running back. And when you look at the quarterback position, you're like WTF. You're like, what what are we doing here? We need to upgrade this position. We need to, you know, use some of the draft capital that we have and maneuver around the board and identify a guy maybe in the second or third round that we think could be a future starter and we need to put him on this team and have him learn. That's it. Well, guys, I appreciate that perspective as well, Will, but I kind of agree with Wole. You know, the offseason is always buzz around signing draft season, unless 
their optimism wasn't too high. Right now, optimism is high. And also, it's because of the, the moves that they made in the front office. Hiring a, a female coach, having, of course, the first black president of football operations. They made some good moves in the organization, which we talked about before. And I believe that factors in to just the more positive attitude that fans have toward this football franchise. What sucks is they cannot come and watch this team yet in person. We'll see how that goes. We'll see what happens with this virus as the months progress. But we're going to go to a break. We'll continue this discussion on the other side. You're listening to Urban Sports Team now, part of Empire Network. are listening to the urban sports scene with will t ray jeezy and myself wole part of empire media <laughs> that's yeah. right empire, it's empire baby empire with the a empire don't get it twisted i said it i said it y'all ain't hearing me but it's all good though <laughs> so guys we're going to continue this discussion washington football team they also signed cornerback Willie Jackson to replace Ronald Darby. It's another move that looks like it's pushing the Washington football team towards becoming an even, to- uh, I guess, an even more uh, talented football team and contender in the NFC. What do you guys think about this move? I, I thought it was, I actually didn't know who the, who the hell it was at first. Initially, I was like, who, who is a William Jackson? Uh, then I had to do some research, look at some clips. Uh, he plays, dude plays a Not lot. Not William, it's <laughs> Willie. It's really William. Willie. That's his full name, William yeah. Jackson III. Willie is an abbreviated name. It's William <laughs> Jackson III. But you want to call my name Willie? We are gonna call him Willie. Willie? Okay, Willie. We'll go by Willie. All nah, right. I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, so he's a guy who plays a lot of man press, uh, and he's fast, speedy. Um, and you saw the cl- there's the clips of him playing Scary Terry um while he was in Cincinnati and was pretty much doing a great job on him. Um, and he's and if you saw there's a there's actually a clip on YouTube somewhere where, you know, Giant signed um, Gall- uh, Galladay and uh, he strapped him down as well. Uh, I think Galladay had like zero catches against him. So he's a guy that could be an upgrade compared to Ronald Darby, who, who to me was the Washington football team's best cornerback last season. So I think it's a good signing. It's, a, it's not a, an uber expensive signing. Uh, you see some of these signings out there in free agency where a lot of these guys are getting paid. I mean, the Giants just paid just paid um a Dory Jackson a boatload of money and do miss most of the last season. So, you know, Washington has actually been under Ron Rivera, has been real um judicious with giving out money. Look at you using the FAT words. Judicious. <laughs> um no, I, I think it, it was a great signing. Great signing. Um Willie Jackson Played in Cincinnati, uh, like Ray said, played a lot of press coverage. Um, that's one of the things that I, in this defense that um, Rob Rivera and uh, Jack Del Rio, they really want to emphasize they want corners that can get up and play physical. Um, I know Ronald Darby last year 
he played, he had a tendency to play off to try to, you know, anticipate the route and get a jump on the ball. But um, I think this is a, a better, I think this is a good sign, great sign for what they want to do defensively. And it will, and you'll need it because look, the Giants just got uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, Philadelphia most likely is going to draft one of the top receivers, either Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys, they still have uh, the kid, uh, C.D. Lamb. They, you know, they have C.D. Lamb and they have Lamar Cooper. So you're going to need two. You're going to need um, uh, one, at least one elite talented uh, corner. And I think they got one in Willie Jackson the third. I'll be honest. I haven't seen enough of him to say he's elite. Now again, that's just me. I'm not trying to debate necessarily. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not sure he's necessarily. I'm not sure he's necessarily an upgrade over Ronald Darby. But here's what makes me excited: the front four. You have the the best front four in the NFL right now. You have the best front four that you know is going to create pressure, is going to wreak havoc, and that's going to make the corners and your defensive backs' job easier. The problem is you have to now upgrade a linebacker. So you've addressed That's this, it. but at this point, I feel like now you move on to the more need to, to the to the more position of need, which is linebacker. I do like the signing, but again, that's just based off what Wole said. I watched some clips. I didn't watch the Bengals last of season, course, yeah. except when they played Pittsburgh, when they played Washington. So I cannot necessarily say that this is a great signing. However, if you have a a good pass rush, your corners are going to have a much simpler time covering, no matter what receivers you're facing. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. You don't. I can't say that he's elite, uh, but I he's, he's possible just off the clips alone and what he's we what he brought to the table last year in Cincinnati. Um, it looked like you know from again off of clips and you, who can go off of clips with so much? Um, exactly. He's a guy that yeah, you know. What I'm saying I'm just being real. Like he looks like a guy that fits the fits what they fits what they want to do because of like you mentioned that pass rush and you know if a guy's playing tight man. You, it gives you an opportunity. It gives that that line an opportunity to get to the quarterback instead of seeing somebody in space. So if he jams him right, you know, messes up the route and messes up the timing with the quarterback, allows the pass rush to get to the quarterback. So there's some things that he brings to the table in terms of his his what he's known for, right, and his skill set that could could even improve him as a as a cornerback. Because we all know if you're if your front if your front seven for the for the Washington football team, your front four is putting pressure on the quarterback. That makes it, that makes the DBs better. So I think he's a guy that definitely could uh, help this ball club. Um, and there's a, we have a tweet about the Fitzpatrick signing. Antonio Burrell on Twitter uh, said, "To be honest, I'm pretty happy. Feels like the team didn't make a rash uh, make a rash rush decision to sign someone who have who would have cost cost pick uh, cost pick more money. Um, he here's here's a pretty decent player when he's clicking. And I know I made fun of it." before but i look forward to seeing what happens you know a lot of people again he's a guy that fits is a guy who can throw that will throw the will turn the ball over but again he's a guy who's trying to make a play uh also at q under underscore skins great signing gone uh get great signing gives gives some stability to the position and room to for for a prospect to grow so to to will's point i believe uh gives you an opportunity to maybe draft somebody um, in the second or third round, who you can groom because Fitzpatrick has been a guy that has uh, groomed numerous of numerous quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in his uh, in his NFL career. You, but, you think he'll draft somebody? Uh, I think I don't. I wouldn't. I I personally wouldn't. Um, but I can see them doing it. Oh. It depends. I mean, I'm a firm believer that if Ron Rivera, Coach Rivera, likes him, is in love with somebody, he will draft them. He's not going to reach on anybody. I, I just, I'm a firm. I don't think he'll reach on anybody. So, you know, a lot of times when, when teams they need a quarterback, like for instance, the Cincinnati Bengals got Ryan Finley a couple like yeah, a couple years ago because they just thought they needed a quarterback. They, you know, and they obviously they they reached on him. So now they they got Joe Burrow, which they hit on, but they just drafted a quarterback in the third round basically for no reason because they just felt like they just needed a quarterback. Uh, I just feel like looking at what Coach Rivera is doing. He's more in the situation. He's more on the the scope of if I'm if I like this dude, like if I really really like this dude, and he's really high on my board, I'm going to get him. So if there's somebody that he likes, I expect him to get him. I expect Coach Rivera to get them. I don't expect him to reach on anybody. 
I appreciate one that more thing about I'm glad that. that they didn't trade picks. No, I was going to say one more thing about Fitzpatrick. Um, mm-hmm. If you remember, his most successful season in the NFL was probably 2015 when he was with the Jets. Mm-hmm. There were two elements that that Jets team had. One, they had a mentality that was going to run the ball because that was a team that um, a Rex Ryan team. So they had Chris Ivory, mm-hmm. Chris Ivory, and Bilal, Bilal Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, two, they also had physical big receivers on the outside. They had Brandon Marshall and they had Eric Decker. Yeah. If Cam Sims could come and be <clears throat> the receiver that I think he could be, that you use his size, be a, a dominant. Uh, physical big receiver, you'll definitely get the best out of Brian Fitzpatrick this year. Cam, you mentioned Cam Sims to me, bro. Is that what we doing? <laughs> yeah, Cam Sims along. Cam Sims, look, if, if he continues to progress nice. in his height, I know that you guys are getting tired of me saying Cam Sims, Cam Sims, Cam Sims. I know how to catch a football, but, bro. That's all I got. Catch, know how to catch a football, man. Can we get there first? <laughs> if, he, if, if he, if he, look, if he, if he progresses. And you and you know what you got from Terry McLaurin on the outside. Mm-hmm. You definitely can get this. Can definitely be one of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, one of his better years. No, I th- I I do think that right. A player <laughs> like a player like Cam Sims would like a like a person like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, I do agree. You laugh. You laugh at me now. You always laugh at me. No, I'm just saying a player uh, like Cam Sims. No, 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 bro. It's, it's no. ridiculous. I don't. I'm not laughing at you for that reason, but. I, I know I know you're not talking. When I talked that this team was gonna make the playoffs that season, y'all shut me up every week until they finally made it. So and listen, I guess the show proof is proof is in the pudding. But yeah. but anywho, I'm not I'm not laughing oh, at, at, at you. I'm laughing yeah. at Wole's response because I know how he feels about Cam Sam <laughs> and I also know how he feels about Jalen Waddle. But like I'm telling you guys, linebacker and O line are out of position I agree. that they need to probably they, they address do. in the draft. So no, linebacker, you're going to keep O-line. the receiving core you have right now. So I'm with you, Will. I'm with you. Linebacker, you see yeah, one, go ahead, one go thing ahead. I did yeah, one thing I did make a mistake. I want to uh, correct my mistake. Twenty fifteen that was Todd Bowles who coached oh. the Jets. And that my that um No, well I do want to say this before Will takes us to break. I, I do yeah. want to say this before Will takes us to break. Um what I don't like about uh <laughs> about uh Cam Sims and whatnot, it's just like well, well to Ray's point about the line. Let me go back to that though first. The, you know what's so funny? The line <laughs> ain't even that bad for real. Like people like get like no, the, it's, it's not. really not that bad. They the, the linebacker, I agree. Like linebacker situation needs to be fixed, like thoroughly, dude. Like it, that needs to be fixed. I think that's the like, I agree with you. That is the I never said it was bad I never said it was bad. Never said old line was bad, just yeah. to clarify. I just said I just want you to search solidify it that's all yeah that's all I, I'm just, saying. I feel like yeah like the dude like it's it's really true be tough you go body for body on the line right the dude that took like it's a good line. yeah it's a good line it's a solid line it's just that you had people who just couldn't like alex smith couldn't get out his own way because he couldn't move you had Dwayne, who I, it is what it is um and you saw that even when heineke wasn't like he was you know he was able to get the ball out of there and even kyle allen he wasn't getting sacked as much so I'm just saying, like, it's not a – it's a decent – it's a good line. I just feel like Washington fans – not you, Ray, but Washington fans, because I hear this all the time. They are so spoiled uh, on – because of 71. Because 71 used to be the left tackle, and they expect everybody to be 71. Oh, you man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You can't even say the man's name. Oh, I love Trent. I'm I'm gonna, no, I can say Trent. I'm a Trent dude. It hurt that bad. No, bro. I just I'm like, just looking just, at the draft. <laughs> go ahead, bro. I hate you, dude. Trent's my dude. I fool with Trent, man. That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? But that, yeah, that, I'm just looking at the draft and, uh-huh. and where you're picking. I yeah. feel like you you have a good opportunity to get a strong old lineman. Yeah. And you're going to draft linebacker later. You're not going to take a, a first round. You're not going to take, take a linebacker in the first round. That's all I'm saying. So I feel like you should go with the best offensive lineman in, in the draft at, at that at that spot at 18. That's all I was saying. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect the old line at all. I'm just saying address these areas that are going to be important. Again, with your quarterback situation, especially if Ryan Fitzpatrick is a starter, he's going to be learning. Yeah. So you want to make sure he's going to have a solid line in front of him. And also, again, with the running game being pretty good last year, I think uh, he's built upon that. So yeah. O-line, O-line is a, is a strength um, that, that you want to have on his team, definitely. R- remember what we said on the other show. Where does the game start at? Up front, in on both fr- sides. Oh, yeah, in the trenches, bro. Definitely in the trenches. Absolutely. In the trenches, yep. Speaking of the trenches, the Hoyas and the Turks are out of the tournament. We'll talk about March Madness after this break. It's the Urban Sports Scene 
on Empire Media. For ages, you dig deuces. I had to save myself. <laughs> <laughs> You are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole, Will T, and Ray Jeezy, part of Empire Media. All right. The Hoyas and the Terps were eliminated uh, from the tournament. How excited was it to at least have both local teams in the tournament? <laughs> yeah, um, I was only excited for really one thing <laughs> in the tournament, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. And there's nothing. And there's nothing against the Terps, you know. Uh, I, you know, I support the Terps. I salute them. But I'm at 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 my heart and my core, I'm a Georgetown Hoyas basketball fan. Mm. So I was definitely excited to see uh, Georgetown Hoyas get into um, the NCAA tournament. I was excited for about the first ten, for the first seven minutes of that game. Well, um, before. <laughs> Yeah, before Co- before Colorado really blew the game open, and then you know my my um, desire to really invest a lot of time in it, watching the NCAA tournament kind of went out the door. I went out the window um, with that uh, Georgetown Hoyas lost to blowout loss to, to Colorado, but it was a great stepping building block for Coach Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas basketball program. Um, I salute them. I'm extremely happy for them. Let's, you know, get this positive momentum and let's get this thing third and going in the right direction. Here's what's dope about Georgetown. I'm going to start positive. <laughs> and that is, even when they were down big, they never gave up. They played hard all the way down to the end. They were confident. And that's one aspect of this group that really made the difference in their deep run that they made this season because it is a deep run considering where they were. And that is Coach Ewan, he really instilled confidence in Dante Harris. And he really instilled confidence in guys like Jamarco Pickett. What I was disappointed about was Jamarco Pickett talking before the game. That's what, that's what blew me. And shout out to my Round Ball Report family. I told you guys and I told the listeners out there that was going to backfire on him. You don't talk about the team's best play. You don't give another team that's ranked higher than you and – possibly better than you and a matchup that you could have won for real i think georgetown they play that game again georgetown can beat colorado don't get it twisted but mckinley Wright, they they, they maybe they didn't know about him but it's something that you don't want to say prior to a game and sometimes you just gotta let your play do the talking and up until that point that's what they were doing they were playing so well they let their play do the talking and i just was disappointed with them coming out well with jamarco picking in particular coming out prior to the game and questioning, oh, who is McKinley Wright? Well, you know who he is now. And that's what McKinley Wright, that was his simple response. They don't know who I am after that game. And he yeah. sent you home. And he sent you home in convincing fashion. That's what's up, man. Um, to <laughs> to what we're, it don't, like, it don't even matter to me. Because, like, to Will's point, like, it, we were playing with house money. I mean, obviously, you know, going to the tournament, you're just hoping, if you're a Hoya fan, you know, you want a better outcome, a better a better situation where, or more com- competitive uh, game for yourself, you know, to represent what you, what you, how you got here, got to that point, got to the tournament. Um, but Kurt, Coach Hewitt has nothing to, you know, nothing to really to prove in this aspect that he showed that he got, he inspired his kids to play Georgetown basketball. He inspired his kids to play for, for play for one another to get them to this point. And I'm, I'm proud of Coach Hewitt and proud of the, 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 the Hoya Nation, the, the young men who were representing Georgetown. Um, I, it just feels like for me watching Georgetown the tournament. This always happens, though. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I tweeted this out. This always happens when you watch the Hoyas. It seems like every time they get to the tournament, some team makes a a ridiculous amount of threes. I don't care if they're the favorites. I don't care if Georgetown's the favorites or they're not. Like it's always this way. Colorado did exactly what other teams do when they play Georgetown. I think. The, the the following game against uh who they play um 
Who did Colorado play next? Was it? I guess it was Florida State, right? Florida, Florida State. State. Florida State. Bro, they couldn't make a Florida single three, State. dog. They were like, they couldn't make a nah, single Florida, three. Florida State is Florida State is bigger though. Ray, I, I'm not saying. Ray, and, I'm not and, saying. And, no, they were missing open threes. Ray, I'm telling you, the same threes that they were making, they weren't make. They weren't making them joints, dog. That's all I'm saying. You a Georgetown fan? Yeah, but I'm being real. That. No, I'm being real. I'm not. I'm being real. It's not about you being real, but you're being irrational too. It's no. like I, I'm running late, so that's why these people are in front of me that are driving slow. Florida Gulf Coast, Florida Gulf Coast, bro. Florida Gulf Coast joint. They made nothing but threes. They the following game they couldn't shoot <laughs> a, shoot anything in the ocean. I'm just saying for what it is. It just seems like I didn't say. Like, oh, my God, the heavens have cursed Georgetown with threes. What I'm saying is <laughs> that, no, like. all I'm saying is that for, I, I premised my saying, for some strange reason, these teams typically <laughs> make all their threes against Georgetown. That's all I'm oh, saying. Bro, Ray, look at all of well, hey, well, Ray, hey. Ray, look, man. Well, hey, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that opponents, Going back to Davis, oh yeah, yeah. Curry, that's me. I know, I know what I'm back, talking about. Don't y'all play me. Listen, I know it. Listen, I, I will go. I will go all the way back to to, to where Florida. Joe Kim Noah. Remember, I upset you. We, we were watching the game. Yo, they were making listen, threes. You had Brewer no, making threes. The Brewer can't even shoot. It, 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 it's the NCAA, It's the NCAA tournament, though, and you have to make shots. And your guys didn't make shots. Yeah, Sometimes know, hey, you can play against a high team. It happens to the best of, of, of teams, but uh-huh. you have to also be able to make shots. And Georgetown didn't make shots, um, bottom line. But I, I get where you're coming from. Also, point guard play made a big difference. Again, McKinley Wright was a better point guard, and he got his guys with this. But you're right, though. Like, backboard threes, you know. Bruh. Colorado had a, 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 a leading score that didn't even score 20 points. I know. So exactly. I understand Angels, where you're coming from. But again, outfield. you're coming from a – Angels in the outfield you're type coming of thing, from, you're coming from the standpoint of a fan, though. But you just so, said it so, for me, though, though. You know, calm, calm down, brother. Oh, you just I mean, said it for no, me, though. No, I'm not disagreeing. But don't, you, but don't you have to make shots, though? I, I, opponent, I totally agree. To but when you got dudes shots. you can't account for, like dudes who don't be scoring, now starting to score like a dub, okay. it's a problem. Well, hey, it's a problem. It's a I'm, I'm going to give you the segue right here. Remember the year Maryland won the championship? Yeah. The first round, they played Sienna. Sienna came out blazing, yeah. making every Everything, shot to start man. the game. Go back and watch on YouTube. But what did Maryland do? They matched it. Juan Dixon, Steve Blake, yeah, Byron Mouton. They matched. That's a better they, squad. They You're matched right. them with that's made a shots. Better squad. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell I know, you. I ain't say Georgetown. Look, bro, I didn't say Georgetown. Look, I'm, I'm going to Maryland, but I ain't say that Georgetown <laughs> was just as talented. I'm just telling you, dog. Like they had their angels in the outfield moment where they couldn't make miss any uh, freaking three. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay, buddy. Hoya Saxon, we are Georgetown. Let's we are that. Georgetown. Hey. Er- Irvin Church, let's go. Don Reed, we love you. All right, man. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. You said you were going to talk about the Turks. I'm just going to say this real quick about Maryland because we're running over a bit. But <laughs> Maryland had the seat. They had the leadership. They, they had the experience. Ayala, Morcel. I'll even throw Dante Scott in there. He was in his second season. They had the leadership, um, Wiggins, but they did not have enough depth to go far in the tournament, period. That was it. Yeah, Alabama. Yeah, you talk about high team, yep. high team. Yeah, that's what's totally up. Agree. I want to read this. Totally I, I just want to read this tweet. Uh, my man Taj. So, also one more thing. Go ahead. Jawan Howard going to give uh, Mark Turgeon in hands next time he sees. Oh man, that just tight. <laughs> yeah, that clip. I love it. I love it. I agree. I think he's going to get him, bro. And t- and Turgeon started that joint for real. He started. He started that joint. Turgeon about that. Yeah. On Twitter, Taj tweeted. I grew up a Hoya fan, so with the incoming freshman class, I think the Hoyas the Hoyas could have something special next year. Yeah, Hoyas got a good class coming in next year. So here we can mm-hmm. coach you can build up on that. Hey, but Ray, man, before we go to break, man, um any anything else? Any storylines determined that you into though? Oh, well, my final four is still intact. I had Florida State. Oh my god, you gotta brag Gonzaga, about everything, don't you, bro? My Florida State, State Gonzaga. No, I'm just, <laughs> you asked me a question. I, I got because my my final four is different from everybody else's. Yeah. I've seen I've seen the brackets out there. Good, I got bro. Florida State. I told you that. I, I got I, I got Gonzaga. I ended up changing the heart on Baylor after our show last week, just in case, like George <laughs> call. Um, I did have a change of heart because I saw that they had time to jail, and I thought about Coach Drew's comments about coming back from COVID. And lastly, I got Houston in the Final Four, and I feel like they got the easier path yeah. playing uh, uh, Illinois Chicago team. That yeah, you you might you might make it past this game, but I doubt it. Houston is tough. Yeah, Houston tough, bro. They are. I do know that. That's I do know that. Oh man! All right. I mean, I'm sorry, Loyola. My bad. I said Illinois, Chicago. 
I caught myself. It's Illinois. Loyola. It is Loyola. Loyola. Uh, Loyola I, was, I was about to rock with you, Ray. Cause I thought it was, I sure thought it was Illinois. No, I didn't. I didn't want to correct him. I was just going to let it go by. Uh, I, I, I thought it was Illinois, Chicago too. I won't even lie to you. Nah, my bad. One of Chicago team, but it's Loyola. Hey man, it's all about uh, Sister Jean, whatever her name yeah. is. <laughs> man, it's all about yeah, Oral Roberts, yeah. Or you, dog. That's what I'm talking about, man. They got old. It's O'Bandor. a tournament, baby. Yeah, Obanor. I thought I thought they were saying O'Bannon at first. I thought they were saying like Ed O'Bannon. <laughs> O'Bannor. That's what it's about, bruh. Oh hey. Oh hey. <laughs> hey, it looks like we will get our mega fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. We'll talk about the two fight deal after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Thing. For ages. You dig? Deuces. On Empire Media. Yeah. Come on, man. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray, and Wole, part of Empire Media. After months of no- negotiations, the contract for, for a two-fight deal between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury uh, to unify the heavyweight titles uh, finally, was, finally was signed. Uh, thoughts on the upcoming big mega fight? Uh... I'm I'm glad to to see that you know glad glad to know that they signed the deal. Uh, it's a two fight deal, so I'm interested to see because of COVID where do they stage the fight. Um, I think the early reports are the first fight in all likelihood will be in the Middle East. Will be if I'm not mistaken. Um, Somewhere, somewhere, and um, somewhere out there, Dubai. If I'm not Dubai or somewhere out there, if I'm not mistaken, um, where the second fight will be, um, my understanding is that it'll be uh, this at the end of this year. So there is the possibility that it could be at the O2 Arena or um, Wembley or Wembley uh, Stadium in London. But either way you put it, I'm excited to see this. Excited to see this fight. Um, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. This is this is a fight. This is this is a fight that boxing needs because you know for for the last year, um, UFC UFC has been when it comes to combat sport has been the sport that has put on multiple uh, shows on ESPN and also on pay per view. Boxing has really lacked a uh, an event, and I think this will be an event. This will be something that people will gravitate to. People will purchase. Online, on online, and on pay per view, and I think it'll be a very entertaining fight. I'm gonna tell you straight up, Eddie Hearn is winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who's who's hotter than Eddie Hearn right now? <laughs> you, you, you got Bob, you got Bob Aaron losing his his guy Tiafimo because he didn't want to pay him for that fight. You got Al Heyman with Adrian Broner as a headliner on, on some of his cards. <laughs> Yo, I, I can't even front. Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn is winning. Shout out to my peoples over at Enigma. I don't know. You might you you might have messed up by not going with Eddie Hearn. <laughs> he's hot. He's hot, man. He definitely Would is. you disagree? No, I agree. I think I, I'm with you. I think he's the hottest thing. You know what's so amazing though? I just feel like other in all division classes, the heavyweights just get it right, man. They just get it right, regardless of what it is, the pop, the politics, their politics and boxing, whatever. But they get it right. You know, you, you, we asked for Fury, Wilder, we got it. And maybe, you know, you got to give top rank some credit with that. Um, and then you got, we got Joshua Fury. You know what I'm saying? We got, we, we've gotten some good fights in the heavyweight division, man. I, they just get it right. We, and we've been complaining about, you know, not getting like a Bud Crawford, Spence, and or whoever. Um, but with the heavyweight division, we typically get what we want. Well, I'm not gonna say they get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this instance, I'll say the money was right for them to get it right. The parties for them not to get this deal done. Mm-hmm. With Deontay Wilder, who had his 
a contractual obligation to a third fight with Tyson Fury, um, I'm pretty sure he was given something to step aside um, and probably giving some type of assurance on the back end that after this two-fight deal, if he goes out and he wins another fight, um, there's a possibility for him to fight the winner of this fight. Um, of the, you know, if there's a clear winner of both of these fights, yeah. uh, for him to possibly go and fight for the um, undisputed championship, or mm-hmm. the heavyweight championship of the world. So I think it was, yes, they got it right yeah. on this instance. And you're, you're right, you know, 90% of the time, um, the heavyweight division does get it right, but there was too much money for them not to get it right. Yeah, and I and I agree. I mean, I, obviously, you know, folks wanted to see Wilder Wilder versus Joshua, and that never happened um, for whatever reason. Um, but it just seems like it's just closer. You know what I'm saying? Like compared to the other ones, um, the other other the other weight classes and whatnot. But yeah, I agree with you. I, mean, I want to get, get on Wilder for, for real quick. Um, like, how do you think he's feeling right now, man? Like. <laughs> I think he's cool with it because he's, I'm telling you, listen, if I had to put, if I had to bet any significant type of money from my bank account mm-hmm. or money that I have, I would bet that Deontay Wilder probably received some type of step aside fee Ooh. for him to clear up his lawsuit with, with Tyson Ferry mm-hmm. so this fight could go forward. Mm-hmm. So Deontay Wilder is still, is still, is still like a chance. Like probably got some step aside money. That money's probably I don't like to be in another man's pocket, but probably started at a minimum of five million dollars for him to step aside. Right? Mm-hmm. Then he gets to see, then he gets to fight for potentially fight for the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, championship of the world. If you know, and that's probably pending him getting back in the ring, him being active, him looking like the dynamic knockout artist that he was prior to the t- to the second Tyson Fury fight. So if you're if you're if you're Deontay Wilder, you look you know, you're sitting pretty for now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Unless it unless it's, you know, unless it's something like uh Anthony Joshua wins a split decision in the first fight and uh, Tyson Fury wins a split decision in the second fight, then we know what's going to come. The trilogy fight. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, but for now, um, Deontay Wilder, he's sitting pretty probably. Just sitting back watching and, you know, getting his head right and strategizing with the next move with Al Heyman. Yeah. I would like to see him fight Andy, Andy, uh, Andy Ruiz actually next, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. I think that'd be a good fight for him. It'd be a good. I think it'll be a good fight for a secondary big fight for in the heavyweight division. I think you got two guys on the rebound. That would be kind of dope, but it is what it is, man. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. And check out the new home of the urban sports scene, Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. Hey, appreciate everybody for listening. You know, we appreciate you. Uh, we know we was rocking it, doing it, doing our darn thing. We're going to get on, on Justice League. We're going to talk about this after the break, after, on, after okay. the show. Well, right. I, I, I promise you this. <laughs> well, like, I, I won't watch all four hours of it, but I'll go to a certain point in the movie and I'll start watching it from there and I'll give you. I'll give it another chance. I'm I not. Do, I'm not dedicated four four more hours of my life to watch. You know, hey, 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 hey. I, I appreciate that, dog. I appreciate it. But I may, I may watch all four hours again, because I was, I was dedicated. I was in it to win it, bro. It was, it was, it was dope to me. But it's okay, it's okay though. It One dope. question for you: Did you, did you watch the whole? Did you watch the whole four hours? You darn right, I did. I won't even lie to you. I watched the whole four hours. I, I camped up, got situated, and just watched that joint. And it was and it was freaking amazing. I even texted the homie, man. And we was we had this similar discussion. You know what I'm talking about, our mutual friend. And we had a we were like, yo, this thing tight. So just let you okay. know, man. That's you that's that's you that's that's both of you guys opinion. <laughs> For now, I mean I'll go back and watch it again. Not four hours, maybe maybe two and a half. 
Hey, man. You, you know, I'll fast you, forward man, through certain I, parts. I appreciate that. Thank you, because I think you may like what you see, man. Hey, also, shout out to the Bleeding Burgundy podcast for having me on today, man. Dope, dope show. Um, it was it was entertaining, so I appreciate y'all. Anyway, you've been okay. listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeah, dude. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out big, homie.